What's up, y'all? Welcome to the Rideshare Rodeo, gig economy news and interviews, sponsored by Para and ParaWorks. I'm your host, SJ. It's time to get it on. Hey, welcome everybody to a special Monday rideshare rodeo. And uh, can I say, can I say DS Entertainment Network? Sure. <laughs> Is that okay? I didn't know if you used the network or if you just did that for the handle name. Well, there's like eighty gazillion uh, DS Entertainments on YouTube, so I added that's, the network. <laughs> okay, that's why. That's why. So the original DS uh, yeah, Entertainment. The original. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so yeah, welcome everybody and welcome everybody on Dana's channel as well. Um, this is, uh, Dana. He's going to, he's been on this before. Many of you might not know him, um, but you will soon. Some of you have watched us do things in the past. Um, he's been on the podcast and he's also done before we get into the nuts and bolts of what we're going to talk about here with Massachusetts. He's also, I think it's pretty much exact been on the Curry platform for as long as I have. Yeah. I mean, just over pretty two years. I mean, I'm about two years and four or five months now. Yeah, pretty much exactly the same. Yeah, so pretty much exactly. So you guys always hear from me. That's why I like Dana being on because there are some, there's a lot of people now who've been on it for a year, but him and I have been on it since the, I don't even want to say good old days because there's, because the good old days, and that's what I was going to kind of bring up today, are back right now. I don't know if you noticed this too. So Dana's in Boston. I'm in Denver for those that don't know. Um, but whenever gas rises a little bit, curry offers go through the roof yeah. because the bigger trucks and stuff are like, dude, I'm not taking my rig out at that price. Yeah. And so those offers trickle down to us. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, I think that I see both Dana and I must live in, you know, I mean, again, we all know market to market. We mu must live in better curry markets than a lot. Cause I speak to a lot of people who are like, I'm on it now finally, but I don't see any orders. My new recommendation to everybody is take the first five that you can with the new driver score. Just take the first five that you can because there's three metrics that they use to dispatch a job. One is vehicle size. And this is the order they go into, by the way, you guys. So this is how transparent I'm going to tell you about what I know about their algorithm because they've told me. Vehicle size, proximity to pick up location. And then the third is your driver score. So if you don't have, if you don't, if you haven't completed a, if, if I know a lot of people, I don't know if you do Dana too, but I know a lot of people who have trouble grabbing that first one. First of all, they're kind of selective, but when they start going for it, they're like, dude, I never get it. Here's yeah. the thing now, guys, is that, that if you take it, like, think of it like a, like three part test that what I told you, how they dispatch in, in the round robin system, if other drivers get into that bid, they're going to get it if you don't even have a first one under your belt because you don't have a driver score. So it's like you got a 0% on 33% of the test. Yep. 
So, I mean, it's like, you know, even if you have a pickup truck, but Dana has a Prius, but Dana has a five a 5.0 or a 4.5 or whatever driver score, he's going to get that. It's just how it is. Um, they do. And, and here's part of the reason I, none of us love being on a waiting list, but these days I got to say, I don't, I'm on some waiting lists. So it's not just that I'm on Curry and that I, you know, like, I'm like, well, just wait, you know, and I, I don't care. I do care. I'm, I hope you guys get off soon, but here I'm on other waiting lists. I prefer the waiting list because I think the waiting list makes it so that the, we can be paid a little better. Um, you know, and I, I, you know, what, for whatever reason, the, the giants, Uber, Lyft, Instacart, DoorDash, all those, you know, Tony Shu said 13 million dashers in the United States, just so everybody's aware that's 8% of every working American independent contractor or W2 in this country. I don't think 8% of the country does DoorDash, but <laughs> we'll use his number for a quick second, but, <laughs> but I do, I don't mind it. I don't mind that Curry does this. I think that, like, to be honest, I think this is more how gig apps should act. Waiting lists and I don't know. I always feel like Curry's pretty fair. There are times when I'm like, damn it, I didn't get that. But yeah. at the same time, for the most part, I understand how it works. And it's usually pretty fair. Um, and definitely pay is way better. So this morning, I apologize to all of the listeners from this morning. Um, because I had I got into an area that only had one bar, Sherman, a new Sherman Williams, and my stream went out, and I was live streaming. <laughs> so I started a new one, called it Curry Two, and I was going to correct all these, and then it died when I got to the new construction area with the paint, and then <laughs> I started Curry Three, and it just was it was all chopped up. I, from now on, I'm going to do Streamyard from home, leave it running, and then just add myself in. So that way it will never break the stream. Oh, that's a good idea. Yeah, that's the only way I can think of. Because this happened, I think when you do YouTube Live, there's something wrong with YouTube Live. It just doesn't, it's not very, it's not very forgiving. Yeah. I mean, if it, if it notices like a 30 second gap, it's going to just drop your stream. Yeah. And it's, so this is probably the better way. But so I apologize for that. I am going to, I'll piece together the three pieces. I'm not going to edit them, but I'll just put one, two, and three together and put it up for you guys later because it was just a mess, but it was worth it because I had a great morning. I had a, so I got, but again, I get up at 5 a.m. I had a, I had a $61, I had a $73, and then I had a $25 on my way home. And I was, you know, that was about, I don't know. So out the door at five, that was probably about three and a half hours. You know, not too bad. So, um, plus, I, I don't know. I love it, and I love the miles. A lot of people say they don't like the miles. Dana and I will be getting into one of the things we'll be talking about is mileage because mileage should be an independent contractor's best friend. Mm -hmm. But we're going to need to talk about this a little bit. So, yep. um, again, welcome, Dana. How And how how has, uh, what is, because you even said I might be doing curry. Cause it's been kind of fire lately too. Yeah. I've been personally really busy, but like, I'm pretty high up on that list too of yeah. people that are getting those offers, uh, first just yeah. because my score is a five and I'm pretty much always on time. And yeah. So, um, yeah, it's been pretty busy. I mean, th this morning alone, a bunch came in. I only took a couple of them just cause I knew I was wanted to make sure I was available for this, mm -hmm. but, um, yeah, pretty much Monday through Friday, guaranteed i can probably take at least three or four deliveries every day and, and probably gonna make i know i 
in like three or four hours of work, I'm probably going to make at least $100. Maybe more if I take one of the longer runs. And then on right. the weekends, you get the Sherwin Williams too on the weekends sometimes too. So, but it's generally pretty busy around here. But I'm also close to the city, so we have a couple of warehouses nearby. I'm actually ten minutes away from a Ferguson warehouse that does plumbing supplies. Mm-hmm. And like pretty much almost every day, that's where I start my day. Almost every morning, I'll get a request from them right in the morning, and and they're pretty much the first one I grab in the morning. And I go out. I usually leave by five thirty or six in the morning. Yeah, I get it. See, I get up at five and I, I always do. There's two sets of scheduled. It used to just be like a lot of Sherman Williams at seven. But now there's like some new door has opened up to me in the past probably six months where I can schedule for five thirty ones too. Mm-hmm. I mean, a lot of them, though. And other yeah. people are like, I don't see those. And I'm like, dude, do you have you done 500 plus curries? Yeah. I mean, you know, some like some of these people are like they've done 20 and I'm like, man, there's a you know, it's, I'm not saying, you know, it's not balanced. That's what I was trying to get at in the beginning. I think it's a great balance system. The harder you yeah. work, the more you complete. And like you said, and I guess one thing before we jump into, since we're talking about it, I want to ask you is, do you ever get, do you ever notice that your driver's score can take a hit? If like you, have you ever seen an order and then it's gone, like somebody took it, but then it maybe comes back yeah. and you can, and you, you know exactly what happened. They didn't show up. <laughs> yeah they didn't show up whatever and then it gets to you does that make you late yes it does it's happened to me it happened to me it was the only thing it was the only time i ever had my score take a hit because i was at like a 4.8 i'm like i've never what's going on why am i at a 4.8 yeah and like that's... all the actual scores that uh all the actual scores the companies have actually given they don't they do it rarely but some do it's always been a five star and then i looked at the, the metric and it said i was late for one delivery and the delivery was the one that I tried to take, I didn't get, someone else took, and then they kicked it over to me. So that by the time I took it, it was a scheduled delivery for like 7.30. They sent it to me at like 8 a.m. So yeah. I, by the time I got there, it was like 8.15. And then I got considered late because <laughs> yeah. I wasn't the first one to take it. But so it, eventually, it eventually dropped off. It dropped off after. So I, was, I didn't even bother like writing to them about it. But I mean, I got to say to you that like I've dropped off. I've had a scheduled curry. I've dropped off. And then we know that a lot, at least for us, for the veteran drivers, um, you know, you might see, and as soon as you drop off, you might see another one come in. Like they know you're working. Okay. Yeah. So I've had ones like that where I finish a scheduled and then I get one that says, Hey, this is a hot shot right now. Go do it. And I'm near it even. So the, from the second it comes in, I'm already in the car driving and I drive right to it and I've been counted late. Yes. And see that I know is because somebody didn't show up for a scheduled pickup or whatever. But I think that here's my opinion. Curry sometimes watches the Curry streams. Maybe I'll tell them just to at least watch the beginning of this because here's (laughs) my opinion is uh, if some if a driver doesn't show. Just give the next driver who does take it a five. Or at least remove the on-time portion, like yeah. pictures and disregard that from or something. The, uh, that's fine. Yeah, disregard that. But remove that from the, the on-time portion and give them a five-star for on-time because that's that's just not right. Yeah. I mean, that's it's already late. It's late when you send it to me. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like when I accept it, I'm already late, and I'm yeah, not even pretty, there yet. It's pretty sad. When you could say that's one thing that DoorDash does right and something that Curry hasn't done right yet, but hopefully they will fix that. <laughs> I'll never say Curry team learn from DoorDash, though, <laughs> ever. Um, and uh, 
Yeah, I don't know. Um, for those that don't know as well, uh, Dana does uh, driver's ed. I don't know if you're still doing it. On and off. Okay. <laughs> He's had enough, dude. <laughs> um, <laughs> but you but you have kids and you've done a lot of this driver's ed stuff. So um, that's just a little bit of background. But here you've also been you've do, been doing gig work since what, 2015, like me? 2014. 2014. So, yep. so you, same amount of time, pretty much him and I have been doing this. So very veteran but you guys we got to talk about this um i don't i don't know how long this will go or what but dana like i said is in boston um massachusetts we talked about a long time ago with some things they were trying to do and there's other states doing things that we're about to that i'm about to be talking about here majorly um new jersey um uh pennsylvania um minnesota some of these some of these states are doing some very weird things um and they're all and the weirdest part is they're all independent of each other it's not like a it's not a playbook it's not like they're handing the playbook to the next state and going here you go it's like every state's is different you know like seattle is night and day different from prop 22 from what yeah. i can tell what's about to go, go on in massachusetts it seems like a worse version of prop 22 which we should have learned from Prop 22, but I, I'm going to let you take the what's going on there portion because you live there, you know what happened with the original legislation and why it didn't go, and now there's been a shift in power. Um, somebody took a new seat, and yeah. that somebody might be a bad person to have that seat for this conversation, especially. Um, but do you want to you want to like ease us into this or sure. just? jump us in or whatever so as massachusetts stands currently um i i was i suppose the people in the labor unions and stuff would say the gig the gig economy is kind of like a free-for-all in massachusetts in other words they would tell you there's absolutely no regulations at all in massachusetts which is just patently false there is actually regulations here uh rideshare companies delivery companies do have to meet a certain standards they are low standards but as it stands we're all still considered independent contractors, legally. Uh, about two years ago, they tried to put a, a ballot in place to permanently guarantee that gig workers would be independent contractors. Uh, they were going to put a ballot on the uh, questions for 2022. We have uh, some places do referendums. Different states have different, you know, California has propositions. We do ballot questions. And... From those ballot questions is how the legislature determines its laws. So we were going to have a question in 2022 about permanently making gig workers independent contractors with some basic basic rights. Effectively, what they did, what they were trying to do, the big push from the gig economy companies, the tech companies, was to almost carbon copy what Prop 22 was. $15 a minute base rate, you know... So it was a lot of the same things you would have seen in Prop 22 in California. It was what they were trying to make in Massachusetts. Everyone has their own opinions on that. But what ended up happening was Maura Healy, who was, at the time, she was our attorney general, being pushed from the lobbyists and the special interest groups, the labor groups, took the question to court to even determine if it could even go on the ballot, and she got the question thrown out. With the intention of, 
when the legislators what the legislators came back in the state house they could make a new law regarding the gig economy and they could pass what they wanted to pass basically without any input from the from the voters right so ultimately the supreme court sided with the attorney general at the time and threw out the ballot question so it never made it onto the ballot in 2022 now there is a new petition out they're trying to get a new question on the ballot wait so let me just let me just ask you one thing before we go any further is it you were saying how she was she didn't want to you know she was trying to do it without a vote that's what they did with ab5 yeah and ab5 was what led to prop 22 it was it's like a carve out people yeah but it's like a carve out that had it's like different from all the other carve outs because it had this hey you have to pay the difference and hey you have to give some medical provisions but by the way those medical provisions you can get obamacare for cheaper then you can get what you pay your portion of what the Uber's offering you. Yeah. So it's really like, to be honest, you can go get it cheaper without using that. So to me, that's just all kind of junk. But yeah, was it, is this going after all independent contractorship? Yes. Or Every, is this just going after gig economy? Uh, not, if you look at the law, it's mainly over the gig economy, the tech companies. It establishes the tech companies as basically saying that every every app based uh, platform that contracts using technology is not considered an employer that's effectively what they're saying and they're trying to get said in the law so any 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 gig, gig work you do through your app they want them to be not considered an employer and you not to be considered an employee mm-hmm. like the law specifically written into their law is like no tech company that uses uh, an app-based platform shall be considered an employee, an employer. Okay. Uh, <laughs> but it's not going after the, the so, so it's like the, the, the local photographer or sign language or, yeah. or the, the freelance writer for the newspaper. No, as it stands, okay. no, that's not going to, they're not going to get roped into that. Okay. Um, do you want me to pull up this document? Uh, yeah, this is just a, this is just like the actual, uh, what they want to put into the actual law uh, okay. should the question pass it's just got some general information about about the law it is and this is the la- the latest basically the latest version that they took down so what is the is is it does it have a number how does it work in your state is it i mean does it have a prop 20 is it called something uh so this would be hold on let me pull up the thing what they want to call it they want to call this the Uh, the app-based drivers classification act hmm. okay so this yeah we don't is very we, we do we do have laws but the, but they just they just name them they name them as acts basically so it would be the app app based <laughs> uh drivers classification act so is this um is this something that i can put a link into the show notes after so that people can get right uh, to yeah it? i can send, i can send the link for it okay yeah. there's there's all the different uh, on the Massachusetts government website, there's all the different iterations of the law that they've submitted. Because uh, there's been multiple versions of this. This is the latest version that they're submitting to try to get on the on the on the the ballot. Right. So okay. this wouldn't when people when people go to vote, that document wouldn't be what they would see. They would see no, a, no, no, like no, a, no. a general but summary that... of what that document says. There'd yeah. be a general summary, and that's what they vote on. And then that document would be basically what's put forward as a framework to write the law. By general summary, it's like I'm guessing it's like Colorado. You're just talking about like a couple paragraphs. Um, I have that too. If you want me to share it, it's, yeah. I mean, is yeah, it? Yeah, it's literally it's, two. Pa- it's literally two paragraphs. Okay, so 
I mean, it just kind of it'll it's it's like bullet points, you guys. Yeah. So I mean, I don't know. I mean, if you're if you're a gig worker, my advice would be to check out the link that he'll send me that I'll put in the show notes because if you're in Massachusetts and you do gig work, especially full time, you should know what this says. Don't wait for the ballot. And because you might want to get that word out to other people too, because this again, AB five passed on a weekend. Most people don't know this behind closed doors, governor Newsom, Vina Dubal, um, Lorena Gonzalez, they were all, they were all locked in a room and they came out and they said, we just made a law that starting in January affects, um, 33% of our working uh, adults. And a lot of careers are still killed. Millions. We talk yeah. about it often. So um, luck, luckily, it's not going after all. But unfortunately for our community, it is going after our community. Yeah. So um, do you want to, I mean, what what is this thing? Because, I mean, you mentioned a couple of things. I looked at just the bullet points. Sound Even yeah. the bullet points sounded weak. And usually when DoorDash sends something like that out, it's like they're Hail Mary to say, you need to do this. And they try and make yeah. it look as good as they can. It didn't yeah. even look good to me. Yeah. Yeah, they're basically saying you would be guaranteed a base pay of $18 per hour. In the law, it says 120% of the minimum state minimum wage, which would be $18 per hour. Um uh, 28 cents a mile for gas, which we'll talk about. I know we're going to talk about that. Um, so they're guaranteeing 28 cents a mile as gas reimbursement. Um, See access to the uh, health connector, which basically in Massachusetts, we have like our own version of, of, of uh, Obamacare here anyway. So pretty much every resident has access to healthcare here anyway, as it is. So that's not really that great of a, of a feature to, to headline for, for the, for the deal. But I feel like in, in California anyway, for the prop 22. And again, I'm like you, I'm not against or for prop 22. I have my opinions on it. And nowadays, a lot of the people who I know who are for prop, who are like, dude, what are you talking about? Prop 22 is great. I, I can now those people are even getting on board with this thing sucks. It's weird how many people thought it was great. And now we're like, wait a minute, this thing's crap. Plus, you guys, the part for Prop 22 that was supposed to help the gig economy was sold on the basis of rideshare drivers. I don't know any rideshare drivers, none, who benefit from Prop 22 because you get 120% of minimum wage. So if you live in L.A.'s Inland Empire, I happen to know a handful of people who do. That's $16 an hour minimum wage. So uh, you're talking, we're talking about like 18 bucks, right? So at $18 an hour per active hour in rideshare, they're going to, they're going to pay you a hundred and twenty, or that would be 120% would be $18. If on an active hour, you're not making $18 in rideshare, not only are you doing something wrong that, I mean, you just can't do that. That's impossible. So the rideshare drivers don't even benefit from it. It's the door dashers with the 250 base pay who can only do two per hour that make $5. And now they get another 13 an hour from DoorDash. Yeah, which is very weird to me because it's like that's you know why are the delivery drivers the only people who benefit from this? Yeah, they would almost have to approach it in two different ways, you know, from uh, from that standpoint. Just because the two different services are so are so different in in the earning potential. Yeah. Um, 
And I'm not saying rideshare drivers are making bank. I'm just saying an active yeah. hour, you're making you're making twenty plus. Yeah. You're counting, even if you're doing you're it wrong, less on, you're, you're counting plus. less on the on in general. You'd be counting less on people tipping you on Lyft than you would be on like a well, thing like DoorDash that's the other thing, Dana, is that you. So if DoorDash does two fifty base pay on an order in California, we all know some people say three, but let's just stick with single non-stacked orders. You can really only do two in an hour. I'm sorry, that's just in my reality anyway. In a city, you can only do two an hour. I don't know how you'd get in a third. If you do, you're just lucky. Maybe. But anyway, let's let's say two. That's five bucks. If you were are tipped 50 bucks, they still owe you 13 bucks. Tips don't count towards it, just the pay from DoorDash. Hmm. It's, the, so, it's gonna be the same here too. That's what's carved out here, is they want it, they want it to be base pay eighteen dollars an hour, tips not included. Yeah. But the problem is is that I mean, dude, why, you know, why wouldn't, why wouldn't you do DoorDash? I'd, I'd do DoorDash on a bike yeah. if I lived in California because I don't care because then I'm going to be paid. I mean, if, if you live in, if you live in San Francisco, okay, for a perfect example, if you live in San Francisco, the minimum wage there is $19 and 88 cents. Okay. So 120%. So tw what 20 is, what is that? 24 bucks. Something's that close. Yeah, 24 Okay, so $24. So I'm going to be paid $24 an hour for every active hour I'm DoorDash. Mm -hmm. I'll just take every piece of trash you send me because I don't care, and I'll do it on my bike. I'll yep. take my time. I don't care. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, to me, it's just it's just mind-blowing that this is what they think works and it, and that other states, I knew other states were looking at this, but it's crazy that other states are looking at this and thinking it's a good idea. Yeah. And I'm really kind of, I'm not too surprised. I, I know that up in the Northeast, you guys have kind of been fiddling with trying to find a way to have a version of that. But I'm surprised they're like, yeah, let, we like Prop 22. That's a good idea. Because everybody I know, especially at this point, is like fail. It failed across the board. So like, why yeah. would you implement it into a new state? The problem is, is that the people that are like in charge making those laws, they're not listening to the to the average rideshare driver or the average gig economy worker because you know they get the they got the people that have the money in their ear they got the the lobbyists the special interest groups mm -hmm. so they're not really listening to us and most i mean most gig economy workers aren't even aware of what's going on I, I, at this point i believe they don't even realize oh, what's no, happening no. that's what i mean even so they don't even know anything the... they, they wouldn't even know to say something to like their local representative or congressperson about it because yeah. Like they they're just so out of tune with it. they're just worried about what they're gonna do that day, what's going on with what they're trying to make that day or whatever. They're not thinking about the overall picture of it all. So right. So the so the your your AG is now your governor. She's now the governor. So she has even more power now. So <laughs> So but her powers are different now. They're different. Yeah. Like she she needs things to be kicked up to her. However, being in that power, she probably has the people to kick it up to her. She does. So those that live in Massachusetts would know that we're notoriously, much like the national government, when it comes to passing laws in this state, they're notoriously like uh, slow in doing stuff. 
But with where it's a Democratic governor and a Democratic legislature, it's going to be fairly easy for her to push whatever agenda she wants to get through. Uh, because she has everyone in the state house in her in you know on her side to to push whatever. So whatever agenda she's going to decide, it's probably going to pass. So if she can find some workaround, you know, the proposed law for the for the gig economy, I'm sure she would try to do it. I think I think you at least I don't know if you watched it, but you're familiar that we did that town hall after GigCon out here. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we had. So uh, Stephanie V. Hill, when she put up legislation, DoorDash sent that same type message that you got in the app. I think I'm guessing it was in the app and in an email too. Email, but, yeah. Mm-hmm. but yeah, same type thing happened. As soon as she submitted that, same t- type of thing happened. When we were there, we actually, one of the senators who shot down the bill showed up. He didn't want to speak. He said, and he was very polite, but I... And I, you guys, I give him the most kudos in the world for coming because we gave him an invite, but he killed, like, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to say his name outright, is it Senator Priola. Um, a lot of people do not like him to begin with because he was, um, he ran as a Republican in, in a Republican area of Denver. Okay, now Denver votes mostly blue, but he, he ran as a Republican. Within a week of getting elected, he decided he was a Democrat. I didn't even know these type of things existed. I mean, I follow politics a lot. And I never had seen somebody pivot like this. And oddly, you know, they need to know that because they don't want committee hearings where the Republicans are all sitting in a room with him in there because he's like a spy then. So he had to go to the Democrat side. And not, and so he went, so he became a Democrat. He told Stephanie that, that he he saw interest in the bill he was interested in what she was doing um he was looking forward to it hitting the floor well him and another senator killed the bill the day it was supposed to get the read on the floor and i'm sure dana as you know that and to those listening if you're not familiar when these bills get their read a lot of times that's the first time these senators and stuff hear about it i'm sad to say i mean they they might have read like a bullet point or they might have had a aide or something tell them hey, this is going to go up for a vote tomorrow. But they really don't look into it until it gets a read because if it's not getting a read, they don't, they're not going to spend any time. Yep. You know, the, most politicians have two to three major points that they fight for. All the rest is just kind of sideline stuff that they'll try and weigh in on the best they can. One thing we learned from Senator Priola, he ended up in the end saying he still would have shot the bill down, but we talked to him like, as we were doing the live people were going up and talking to him the whole time, content creators, whatnot, and asking him questions about why he did this, this, and this. It was amazing to learn. He knew nothing about the gig economy, nothing. I mean, I'm talking about nothing folks. Like he knew he had no idea about like any of the workings. He just had had letters from let's say a hundred, 200 people constituents saying, Hey, we need to be employees. Yeah. And he didn't have any letters that said, Hey, I want to be an IC. So he thought, okay, well, if I'm getting 200 letters, that must mean everybody wants this. Yep. And literally with not in those words, that's what he told me. He was like, all I, all I thought was that people just, everybody just wanted that. Yeah. 
And I'm like, mm, about 1% wants that. Maybe. And I'm this like, is the, this is the problem when the people, like the majority that really don't want it, either don't know to speak up or just don't care to speak up because they just think it's always going to be the same for them. Mm-hmm. That's, and that's a big problem too. And, and that's exactly, I mean, look at, I, I had said it before too. You don't write your congressman and say, <laughs> like, I would never just write Priol and go, you know what? I got a lot of spare time in my hand. I raise a kid solo. I don't have another parent in the house. Um, I work all the time. I have no free time, but you know what? I'm going to write my senator and just say, hey, bang up job, Priola. Keep it going. <laughs> you know, you don't, you, you don't write them when you're happy. You write them when you're upset. When you're upset. And so it's surprising to me that these guys don't see through that and know the only letters you get are when people are pissed. Yeah. Once you start getting those letters, you should weigh them and then feel out the community for what they really want. Yeah. Um, that never happens, though. But so in this case, he shot down a bill and he said he still would have shot it down because he thought there were his major point was he thought there were implications to taxes that they hadn't looked into. But he said he might not have completely shot it down because by not letting it get the, the floor read, most senators don't even aren't even familiar with it now. Mm hmm. They didn't even get to hear about it because now it's gone. Now this session has already restarted. She'll be re she's redoing it a bit. Um, and hopefully he won't shoot it down and maybe he'll even be on her side a little bit. Um, but so this you live in, you live in Massachusetts, you know, is, are you concerned? I'm a little concerned. Um, as like now, like really the past like year, the, gig economy has been like my main source, primary source of income. I know I can go do other jobs or whatever, but mm -hmm. um, doing the gig economy really gives me the time to, to do other things in my life. And, and, you know, so even though I do work a lot, but um, it's a, it's a, it would be a, I think it would affect a lot of people. Uh, and I don't know, I, I'm not living through, not living in California and like seeing firsthand how Prop 22 is working out. I don't know how this law that they're trying to get passed would work out. Um, I actually, I think you think probably think it would be just like Prop, Prop, Prop 22 or worse. I think, it, I think it's a worse version of Prop 22. I think that Prop 22 had some merits that people pointed out to me. However, as a whole, I kind of saw it as a problem when it rolled out. Now those same people are like, wait a minute. So you've got, can, first of all, you have congressional, you have constitutional challenges going on in courts that are eating up basically the only people making money off prop 22 are lawyers. That's it mm. because the state has lawyers and the, and the flex association, which is Uber, Lyft, Instacart, all these, they have a ton of lawyers and they're, they're in, they've been in court spending millions and millions of dollars saying that this is an unconstitutional, unconstitutional because it took away the right to organize prop 22 does not give them the right to organize but they signed that right away by voting on it. Mm. So the whole thing is, is like, really, are you going to have, here's my thing. Are you really going to have a constitutional challenge that, that will go to the Supreme court? And are you going to do that and say that, you know, like, um, well, we really wanted this prop 22. We understand that we couldn't organize, but we, cause here's how it is now, but we want to organize. Well, you can't organize. You sign that away and, yeah. and and 
And also, I mean, it won by 6 million votes. In that blue of a state, it was pretty intense to see a majority, 6 million plus above the other side, vote yes on 22, because voting yes on 22 meant you were voting with Uber and Lyft, and you were a corp, you were, corp, you were voting for corporation power. Yeah. So it on was a weird, it was on a, the other thing, there's, there's a lot of people that use those services that rely on those services and having AB five just stand as it was, would be the end of all those services that those people relied on. I think that's probably the, the viewpoint yeah. they took. Yeah. So that that's, if, if you're wondering why so many people voted for it, that's probably why they were, they weren't necessarily voting to stand by them. Com those companies, they were voting for the fact that, Oh, this is like a convenience thing that I might lose if, it stands as it is. So they which were voting is, which, for their own which should, self interest, basically. Which should serve as a real <laughs> bookmark to everybody too, because listen, if you if you if you understand politics at all, the fact that the fact that they had that they were like thinking like Dana just said, like, man, I'll lose I, I take Uber to let or, or Uber to work. I, I need Uber. That showed that they knew, wait a minute, if if this doesn't go through, there's no way this can work. Rideshare will be gone. I mean, that's pretty intense because how does everybody know that? I know AB5 killed IC work, but how did they know it would actually kill it off? They just know it won't work under a franchise or employee model. There's no way. I mean, I don't know. But so here we go with Massachusetts looking at this and I don't know if you even just want to read it by the bullet points that DoorDash sent, um, because that's even a good start, because a lot of these people do DoorDash out there. And okay. if you do DoorDash, I mean, this is this is what came through in an email to Dana. I got one in Colorado when they when Stephanie tried to push her bill. Yep. You know, and it's it's basically DoorDash like asking you to I, I believe it's if it's the same it's like kind of like hey reply or click that or whatever yeah. showing support and then they add your name to a list yeah and then they submit that list is like look at all look at the 80 percent of our drivers but it's like the i agree to the terms of service box you're not reading it you're just like whatever dude yep so as far as the bullet points yeah uh doordash sent out a mass email to massachusetts uh, drivers, letting them know that there was going to be a ballot question next fall. I think they're getting a little ahead of themselves because it's not officially on the ballot yet, but they're intending on it being on the ballot. Um, and as far as the bullet points is what they said, it's going to protect your right to work flexibly and independently. As I said earlier in the stream, they're, they want to put text in the law that literally says that app-based companies are not employers and people that work as contractors on those platforms are not employees. So that's what they're referring to in the law would also give you the right to refuse work. If it doesn't suit you or whatever, it would guarantee that dashers will earn at least $18 per hour on delivery plus 28 cents per mile. Okay. So uh, before we can get delivery. into the miles, I want to talk about that 18 because when New York did this with rideshare and I'm talking about pre pandemic, you're probably you probably remember this, Dana. It became a floor meets ceiling thing. The people who were hustlers and earning now couldn't earn. Mm -hmm. You had to you had to. It's not like the comp the company isn't like good hearted people. They're not making up the difference to get those low earners who don't hustle up to par. They just take it from these people. 
And that's why I say floor meets ceiling because it actually ruins the opportunity to earn. Like my, my kind of guess, what I'm saying is, I guess like that's their best guess on what the average gig worker makes an hour. And so therefore that's what you can count on making, even if like you hustle and make 35. Well, now you can count on making 18, 19 because you're going to, even if it's behind the scenes algorithm stuff, you're going to be making up for the people who are only making five. Yep. Also, the other thing to take into consideration is they say like that doesn't include tips, but yeah. uh, there are a lot of there are a lot of people there are a lot of people that don't tip as it is when uh, the base pay is like two dollars and fifty cents. If they know that the drivers are going to be making eighteen dollars an hour, which is probably yeah. more than a lot of them make on, on their own time, do you think they're going to tip you? They're probably not going to tip you. So you're going to make less than tips than you otherwise would. You're going to get yeah great. You're going to get paid twenty eight cents per mile. But you won't be able to write off your mileage at the end, you know, when you're doing your taxes, because that automatically uh, disqualifies you from claiming mileage when you do your taxes. So if you I, get this, reimbursed this, for mileage, you cannot claim miles. I need to know about this mine grenade right there because um, twenty, what is it, twenty eight cents or twenty eight cents? Twenty eight cents. But the but the write off is sixty five cents. Yep. So if it's if. Why isn't it 65 cents? First of all, I don't like it. I don't want to be, I don't want that because I, mileage is a gig worker's best friend. And I like to, I love writing off my miles, saves my ass. And it's, and I don't have to be doing curry and things like this. Yep. I don't have to over dramatize it because I put a lot of miles on. Yep. Me too. You know, yep. but mileage is your best friend as a yep. gig worker. So I want the write off. I'd be pissed if I lost the write off. Yep. Yeah, so something like this really affects people like me because I keep, I have super detailed mileage logs for all the platforms I work. I drive and it a saves ton your of ass miles on taxes. Yeah, I, I you know guaranteed like I was like you know a couple months ago when I was looking at it, you know whatever it was seven months into the six months into the year, you know I was already up to like probably what would amount to about a twenty five thousand dollar deduction with all the miles I put I put on, so. You lose that. That's a huge deduction you lose, and you're getting this guaranteed hourly rate. Well, now you're like a regular employee anyway, you yeah. know, because. Yeah, so. and there, and again, don't get me wrong. On a Friday or Saturday night in Boston, you might make $30 an hour. Don't get me wrong. But I don't think you'll make the, let's say you used to be able to on good Saturday, Friday, Saturdays at certain times make 40, 50 bucks an hour. That's gone. In a situation like this, forget it. It's That's, Nothing those happened. days are They've already kind of been passing, but those days will be gone forever. That's gone. I think with the uh, increasing amount of states that are trying to do this, yeah, like we're in like the twilight of the of the gig economy. Like I, I oh, would yeah. say, everyone get in, get in and get out when you can, because uh, the more and more states do this, the harder it's going to be to to make to make to make it. You know, you know, we had yeah. that conversation. I remember last year we had that conversation when you said, "How much would it take for you to?" to quit left when I was mm -hmm. doing, I was doing left and I have since quit because at the time I was making like 60% of what I was, what I used to make. And you said, how much would it take? I said, if I was making less than half of what I used to make, I would quit. Well, that started happening. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that's basically what's going to happen across all the platforms eventually yeah. uh, with all, with all the stuff they're trying to do. So, and that's the other thing guys, you know, Kim always says on board to everything you can, like Kim has 16, 16 apps. You know, I used to say on board to one at a time, learn it, this, but now 
look on board to everything because when all this starts coming into play, they will slow majorly the onboarding process. Yep. Because they they're just and again, you're still going to be an IC, but they're not going to want the headache. So these companies will majorly slow. I mean, I could see Uber and Lyft having wait lists. Yeah, they could. Yeah, they could. I mean, that's never really happened, but I could see that happening. Onboard to any, anything and staying as good. Um, yeah, just onboard, do one or two, and then try standing, and do one every good so standing, off, The best so standing often. with them you possibly can, because if it comes down and you're going to have to choose to stick with one, if you decide you want to keep on doing it, you want to make sure that they're going to want to keep you too. Yeah. I mean, this is this is really going to get wild. And I knew, I mean, I've been saying this, and I know that you know people are going out there every day and I know times are tight right now. We got horrible inflation. We got, um, you know, we've, we've, look, I don't know if, if you all do your own grocery shopping. I shop for my son and I, I can't even believe the amount of money I spend for the same things that I got six months ago, which were still very expensive. But now I'm not even kidding when I say, I think I'm about 140% of what I used to be. Same items. So if I used to have a, or, you know, even let's say I had a $300 grocery bill for my son and I, and that's a big one. Let's say I was doing a major stock up. We were completely out of everything. It's going to now be like 400 bucks. So life's getting more expensive. Rents are going through the roof. Yeah. Housing is forget about buying a house. That's That's gone. Um, And I mean, so I feel like everybody's just day to day, just trying to get through. But yet, if you don't pay attention to this stuff, that day-to-day is going to be gone Yep. because you're not going to be able to live on this kind of legislation. Yep. Yep. I mean, I mean it's just... I'd, I'd, it, say that, I'd say, like, like, we had, like, like, like as a family now, my my family situation, we're struggling financially because just as, it, as everything, sta- the economy stands around here is really hard. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, there is like an oversaturation in all the platforms around here too, so it's a little bit harder to earn money. Uh, yeah. If I didn't do curry, I, I like I can't tell you how many times I've said to my wife, "Curry saved the day today again," because like, that, that's literally like what saves my day so many times is the curries I take. Oh, yeah. Because all the other platforms around here, there are good days, but like seventy five percent of the time, it's horrible, and it's just going to keep on getting worse. And you know, I can't be the only one around here that's struggling. No, uh, I mean, them, I, the and I talk to people about DoorDash all the, I mean, DoorDash has become such a common, I even hate talking about it. Yeah. You know, at Para, we had that tip, tra- the TT, the tip transparency twice, you know, we got sued <laughs> or threatened to be sued. We had to hire a very expensive attorney. We went through this just nightmare storm with the company and it was all just the fact that they don't want to be transparent. They know what they can show you and they're like, no, we don't want to be honest. But like, I mean, for you, how is DoorDash? Yeah, it hits and misses. Mostly misses. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, but like I said, there are some good days. Do, but, you know, it doesn't but, have to be but, exact dollars. I mean, but it's, is it like toilet or is it like trash can? Um, <laughs> trash can most of the week. Trash okay. can. You know, weekends can be good. It's good on the okay. weekends. But if, if you know, I'm, I'm from the mindset of like when I was doing Lyft, you know, I would, mm-hmm. I would Lyft on like Monday and Tuesday and make decent money. You get the people going to the airport and stuff like that. Yeah. So like I've always been on a mindset of like in the gig economy is like you can make money any day of the week if you wanted to go out and DoorDash like if you're trying to make money on like a Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, forget about it. It's dead. And mm-hmm. it's dead and there's like a ton of drivers out like this competition. Yeah. Um, so. 
So, I mean, like, I don't know, under this kind of, under this kind of provisions, I would think you're screwed. (laughs) I mean, I would, to me, it's this, it's not an employee. You're not an employee and they're very clearly stating that, but this is as close to employee as you can be. And you're using your vehicle. Yep. So at that point, and they've taken away your mileage deduction, which is like the one, I mean, anyone that's on the gig, gig economy working the platforms should be tracking their mileage and that should be their main write-off at, at, at tax time because in like just about every situation unless you're buying a brand new car that's going to be your biggest your biggest deduction and they're taking that that deduction away from you if they pass this uh, mm-hmm. by compensating you less than half of what the government gives you as a deduction they're taking away that you know whatever 60 whatever cents you're getting per mile yeah I mean, to me, I mean, this is so close to employee, I would say 95%, and I hate saying this, you guys, but 95% of you would be better off going and getting W-2s because you're going to trash your car. You're not going to be able to write it off. Really, the $18, if that's a floor meets ceiling, if that if you start seeing that after a legislation like this, I mean, if you're making 18, you're like, yeah, but minimum wage is only 16. You're so much better off with that 16 than the yeah. 18 in your own yeah. car. If you, if you factor in what you're spending on your car, like the argument people have always said to me, and I, like I said, I've been doing the gig economy since 2014, and I'm sure everyone that's done this for any length of time has had the same conversations with their friends and family that say, oh, you're trashing your car. I can't believe you're doing all this to your car. And it's like, yeah, I'm doing to my car what you do to your car when you drive to work every day, except mm-hmm. I'm getting paid for it, you know, yeah. and, I get, and I get money back at, at the end when I go to claim it on my taxes. I'm just yeah. cashing in all that mileage. I'm cashing in that devaluation on my car for actual money. Other people that are driving their cars to work every day are actually losing that. They're losing that value. I'm gaining from it by writing my mileage off. And when you're an employee or you're getting reimbursed for gas, you can't do that anymore. That's that benefit is gone. And that's like one of the big benefits of being a gig worker or an independent contractor that can claim mileage is, is, is that, is that gas benefit, that gas deduction, excuse me, mileage deduction. Yeah. When I did that Curry trip from here to Vegas, Vegas is um, 700 or, or it's about, it's like 790, but it's like, we'll call it 800. So it's 1600 miles round trip. And it was like 1650. I thought that was amazing because that's a dollar a mile, even on the back ones. Yep. And a lot of times for a long haul, I only, I'm only really looking for 50 cents. That would have, I probably wouldn't have on that one because it's too far, but people were like, you're crazy, dude. You just put, 1600 miles on your car i'm like ones that i can claim yeah exactly i would take and that that's huge yep. dude that's a snap that's a, a snap claim when that comes in yeah yeah i mean that's huge i mean you it's not just the dollar amount you guys once you see those super high mileage you can think of it as income exactly yep i yeah, do you just gained you just gained like you know 950 dollars in income by yeah. you know with a deduction you know yeah. <laughs> Right, exactly. But now you can't. If this yep. happens, you can't. Yep. And you'll just and and it'll be added into your pay at twenty eight cents, and you'll think, oh, that was uh, okay. But now, when tax season comes around, and you can't write any miles off. You're gonna be like, wait, what? And just as a as a frame of reference, like a lot of the restaurants are, that are around me, the, the pizza places, you know, they pay their delivery drivers. Uh, gas reimbursement and all of them do 60 to 70 cents per mile in as gas reimbursement so now they're saying that the app companies would give a third of that you know or yeah. almost a third of that yeah so i don't know so 
Um, yeah, I guess so. We've got $18 or whatever and change on the plate. We've got 28 cents a mile, but you can't cl- Ooh, claim but, miles. But hey, you can you can have a sick day. Ooh, <laughs> I can have a sick day. I can have three sick days right now by just not turning the apps on. Yeah. And they're not called sick days. They're just called, I'm not working today. Exactly. So I don't even have to call it in. It's not a called in. It, it's, not, it's, not a, it's not a perk. It's what I can do. Yeah. It's my right. So those rights will be gone. Who know, I mean, I don't know. Yeah, let's keep going. There's, there was a couple more bullet points. I know it's, some of them are medical and stuff, but to me, those are a joke too. It gives you access to benefits like health care, support, and paid sick time. <laughs> Oh, I just paid sick time. So, so um, how many paid? They probably days put you. you so we have the we in Massachusetts we have a paid family medical leave payment mm-hmm. in Massachusetts, and it's up to I want to say three three paid days per year. Maybe it's five days. So not to be uh, a jerk. But the more but you nothing. work, the more you work, the more it accrues basically. So right. I'm well, it, it would fall into the same. Is it thing. not based off your work? It is based on yeah. It's based on like the if hours you, you work, work twenty hours a week, you're not going to yeah. get the same as Dana no. who works fifty hours yeah. a week. Yeah, well, and Dana that works 50 hours a week would get the same as the person that works 40 hours a week because it's based on the 40-hour work week. Okay, okay. So, so like, if you work 40 hours and you work 50 hours, you're both getting the same credit. If you Again, work 20 I, I hours, see, to getting... me, I don't see that as any perk, though. Yeah. That's not... Well, they're trying to make it as a perk. I know, I know. <laughs> I see I see what they're trying to do. They tried to do it here, too. And like I said, with the health benefits, we live in Massachusetts. Like, 95% of the residents here get good health insurance anyway because... You know, we were the first state to adopt a, 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 like a mandated health plan. So uh, enhances uh, safety protections and puts place new insurance requirements and will cover medical costs and disability payments if you happen to be injured on the job. So here's a question that I had on that one for like, let's use rideshare. My guess is that only applies to phase three. Probably. <laughs> Yeah, like almost it guaranteed. When you're sitting yeah, idle. Almost guaranteed. Or when you're on your nope. way. Not going to When count. you get a ping and accept it, nope. When you are on your way, nope. But once you have the passenger in your car is the only time you'll be covered. Yep. So that's a very deceitful way of saying it too. I don't know how it would work with DoorDash. <sighs> I mean, because this is coming from DoorDash. What is DoorDash going to do? Like if you were driving the food? Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I well, mean, I mean, I suppose if they're going to have to I, Maybe I, if you're probably active. gonna have to require it anytime you're active. I would think it's yeah. gonna have to be anytime you're active. Um, that's probably the only way it would work. But they should also. I, I, but even I wish then, they if would... they have, but I gotta tell you guys this, and maybe you'll disagree, Dana. But um, my opinion on this is that if they in, enforce that, they are gonna start really like we, as you and I know, rideshare has never checked to make sure you have the correct insurance. In fact, ninety-eight percent of the people don't. They don't care. You're independent contractor. They're like, whatever. Just so to me, I'm like, why even bother? Why even ask to submit it? Yeah. Just say you got insurance, right? Click here. Yeah. I See, mean, that's a, that's kind of a problem on the insurance company standpoint too. Like, which is oh, yeah. that leads me into there should be some sort of legislation on like what the the insurance companies should be covering as well. Mm-hmm. Um, just as an example, I'm 42 years old. I've been driving since I was 16. I've been in one accident my entire driving career and it wasn't my fault. So I've never put in a claim on my insurance. There's never been a claim put in against me 
My insurance has never had to pay anything out in 42 years. I've paid all this money into insurance and never actually used it. There should mm-hmm. be some sort of benefit for that. <laughs> that maybe yeah. like uh, they should cover something if something well, should happen I mean, to me. When I'm in... I don't know how exactly it works, but doesn't Allstate do Allstate forget? I've been in a couple accidents. Some, you know, I'm 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 51, but. Um, you know, like I've been, I've had people who are responsible and I've had to do the claims, but I think like all state does like a forgiveness plan and stuff where they, if you don't have an accident for a certain amount of time, they lower your rate or. Yeah. I think every insurance company, like my, my insurance company, I'm like the lowest, I pay like the lowest possible rate I could pay on my insurance. So I guess it's that's just that like, perk. it's just, but it's just like, it feels like if something should happen when I was like, I don't know, like, I, I don't, I don't. I don't intend on ever getting it, knock on wood, and getting into something that would be my fault because I, I generally consider myself a good driver and I try to practice what I've always preached to my driver's ed students. Mm-hmm. Um, but if something should happen, I shouldn't have to worry about if my insurance company is going to cover it or not. Seeing as I've been with the same company basically since I was like 16 years old. Right. Um, but like they're allowed to nickel and dime you like that and force you to get certain types of insurance. There shouldn't be any fear over whether or not they're going to cover you. Um, no, but I think that it will make these companies finally step up and say, Hey, wait a minute, submit that. Now we're going to actually look, do you have the right insurance? I think that's going to become a big problem too, because those of us that know about how much that price difference is, yes, you don't need full. There was a time they didn't understand gig economy. Yeah. And so you either, either had to go get full fledged commercial insurance for like 1500 a month or you had to. So when masters, we have like TNC insurance. Do you guys have that? Like, yeah, yeah. That's what I'm kind of getting. Now there's like that kind of stuff where it's like a hot, just like, that's how I feel about the gig economy. It should be a hybrid IC model. Yeah. It needs to be read. The gig economy needs to be redefined. Yeah. I mean, the insurance companies are already onto that. They did. Like you just said, they made a hybrid insurance yep. for commercial, yep. for TNC. Yep. So why the hell doesn't the state? To me, it's like you know, before you define something, you can't start adjusting it. See, the the problem is the state. The the generally speaking, like even in our state, it's so lax and like it just like it requires that the driver be insured during a ride. So if so, a Lyft driver's got a passenger in the car, that's the only time the state. Well, the state already requires the driver to have insurance, but they also require an insurance policy for while the driver is on a ride. So even if that driver doesn't have their own TNC insurance, that generic insurance that Lyft carries or Uber carries, that million-dollar quote-unquote policy that they have on their drivers, that satisfies what the state requires, which is like ridiculously... You know, and hard I, to and get anyone to cover. It has like a five thousand dollar deductible. Yeah, I mean, I had a, I had a discussion with rideshare with Torsten rideshare professor last week about specific, and we touched on a few things, but specifically Uber Teen. And I was telling everybody, and so was he. Look, guys, if you trust us at all, just deselect it. But but then deselect it, then go do your own investigation. Don't just rely on us. Just go do your own investigation, but deselect it first, because I guarantee you get into a problem with a kid everybody's walking away from you. Yep. I mean, first of all, Uber always looks for a reason. Their reason's yep. going to, they're going to find one. And if that kid were to claim you touched them, and we know that kids could just even lie just to get a free ride. Mm-hmm. They don't care if they destroy your yeah. life. They don't even you think know? about that. They don't yeah. think about that at all. I'm not saying they're horrible people. They're just not old enough to yep. understand. Yeah. And uh, that will destroy your life. 
I mean, you could be paying off a million because you're only covered up to a certain point. I mean, beyond that, they can come after you. And yep. honestly, I think Uber Teen is the most unethical, most irresponsible thing the company has ever done. I mean, 13... I don't even know how they get away with that. Like most states don't even like, you know, in Massachusetts, you can't, you're not allowed to pick up anyone. I want to say it's under 17 anyway. No, no, it's, it's always, law. that's what one thing I always appreciated about them is that no unaccompanied minors. Mm -hmm. However, that's changed. It will be in all states. I mean, it's in like, it was in three. Now it's in 17 as of last week. It will be in all states by the end of this month. That's crazy. It's not even a slow rollout. What it is, is me, the parent, can create a sub account for my child. So the driver will see Uber teen rider. Now they will have their own Uber teen app that I can track them on, but I am clicking a, there's a, there is a checkbox people on the, on the parental side. When you sign up for this, there's a checkbox and that checkbox basically says, I'm, I don't care about my kid. I'm signing his rights away. I don't give a shit. But it may, but it's all worded in an Uber way, like, "Hey, you want your kids to have rides?" Blah blah blah. Yeah, it's got colorful pictures not, not and idea. animation, and it's not a good idea for it's not a good idea for either side, for the driver or the passengers, honestly. But but now, not only that, Dana, it's thirteen to seventeen year olds. So how am I going to tell if in a first of all, I don't want to take a thirteen year old. How am I going to tell if they're eleven? I mean, I can't ID them. I can't ID yeah. a 14, 15, 13-year-old. So I'm, you're basically at the will of just picking up whoever the hell summons you. And here was, a, here was one thing I proposed to Torsten where I just, here's where I see the most nightmares coming in. I went to high school. You went to high school. I partied. You partied. <laughs> okay. So let's say that kids are out partying. They're drinking too much. They call an Uber on their teen account. And one of them's alcohol poisoned in the back. You got a big lawsuit on your hands, my friend. Like yep. if that if anything happens to that kid, you're done. Yep. You're done. Yep. And that's and that's a clear walk away because Uber will say, Well, why'd you let a drunk kid in the car? So we're done. Yep. Once they're done, your insurance disconnects. So you're on your own. Yep. Yep. So avoid Uber teen, but I don't know. This that that was a little just kind of little little blow there, but I guess. To me, this this whole thing sounds like the prop. This is what's about to happen in New Jersey, Pennsylvania, and some other states are going to see things like this too. Um, some states are going like if you notice, Minnesota went about it different. Minnesota went after the same way Seattle did, but they wanted the same rates as Seattle, and we all know it's the cost of living is about a third to live in in Minneapolis as it is in Seattle. So to say that every rideshare driver needed. Um, you know, what, what, what were they asking? A dollar fifty, a dollar fifty a mile, and fifty cents a minute while active. So let's say that some driver picked you up in Minneapolis and you were going sixty miles to the airport. Okay, so you're gonna make on that. You're gonna make ninety dollars on the miles. You're gonna make. It's going to take you an hour, so you're going to 60 minutes, so you're going to make $30 on the time. That's $120 an hour. That's doctor pay. <laughs> to me, I was just like, look, guys, be realistic when you're doing things because this kind of stuff won't last. 
I mean, these these companies can't prop that forever. And as yeah. every if every state tries that, they can't do that. Yeah, it just collapse so, on itself. No, but I mean, this is what we're facing: different legislation from different states. And now here is Massachusetts. And like we brought up, and I'll bring up here again, just real quick. I know you guys can't read it, but obviously this is a real document, and I will put the link into the show notes. But this is when when you see things like this, it's real, it's happening. And this is, we have one for New Jersey that I just can't share yet because it was shared with me. I mean, I could, but I can't speak on it enough yet. But the bottom line is, is it kind of like this. Only in, only there, they want to go after all independent contractors too. Um, in fact, they did a pre-carve out. This'll, this'll blow your mind, Dana, is that they did a pre-carve out for caddies. And the reason being, I don't know if people are familiar, but there's a lot of golf courses in New Jersey that are very high end. Um, Trump owns a couple, some other, I mean, there's just some very expensive and those people went up in arms like, dude, you're not taking my caddy. Hmm. So they got to carve out before it's a law. Interesting. Um, So my point is if those kind of carve outs are going on, don't, don't think this stuff isn't happening. Because they're not wasting their time at the courthouse making a carve out for caddies if they're not planning on engaging. Exactly. Yep. So, I mean, this is real. This is really happening. Everybody should do their own research. But if you have any questions, I'm sure you can reach out to Dana. You can always reach out to me. Um, I'm happy to, I can't speak as much on Massachusetts. I'll look over this bill. But um, I know Dana follows this stuff like I do. I follow it, try and follow it around the country. But um, he follows it pretty tightly in his state. Yeah. And so, um, you know, this yeah, I stuff, try to keep, I try to keep an eye on what's going on in the state. Plus what the federal government's trying to do. Oh yeah. Like when they were trying to pass the pro act and stuff like that, I was yeah. really in tune with that too, but it's just, a, it's a, it is important for everyone to know what and is part, going and on part in of, state. And the other part of this perfect storm is, and this is kind of weird because we did a panel. I did a panel with Kim Cavan, Karen Anderson, and Mike Karubi. Mike Karubi lives in your state and has writ- written federal legislation. Um, uh, his website is newjobsamerica.com. And um, he's pretty well known. He's been around for a long time, kind of. He's known by a lot of uh, the players. But here's the thing the independent contractor rule change is going into effect, even with Julie Sue not nominated. Hmm. She's not supposed to be able to make this decision in an interim space and nobody will confirm her neither side of the aisle she can't get it from either side of the aisle she was supposed to be confirmed in april you can only go uh two three month sessions unconfirmed before they have to remove you and the current administration has said they are not going to remove her sorry Hmm. so even if she doesn't get confirmed they're just going to leave her in that position until the until the next president wow and Trust me, she, guys, if you're not familiar, I, Julie Sue is the one who, um, she was the AG of California, and under her watch, $42 billion of pandemic aid, billion, was lost. People that needed it still to this day are waiting on their checks. Cartels got that money. I mean, this woman is a catastrophic nightmare. She, she, her dream, she is more union than Joe Biden. She, and again, I'm not, this isn't a political thing. I'm just, that's, that's not a weird statement. Everybody should know that Joe Biden is very union. 
He he is. I mean, he would love everybody to be union. But Julie Sue wants to go farther. She doesn't want there to be independent co contractor classification. She thinks we cheat on our taxes. She thinks we do this, that, the other. She thinks everybody needs to be in a union. We all need to have W-2s because that's the only way the country can function. But that takes away the American dream of being able to start your own business. Plus, I don't know about you, but I was a bartender for many years. I don't want to just only be able to go to Chili's. Because the mom and pops won't be able to stay afloat. Yeah. So, yep. I mean, there's just so many consequences to taking away the right to be self-employed, freelancer, independent contractor, however you want to label it. There are, there's, with any positive you can state, there's probably a hundred negatives. I mean, does it need to, does it need to be watched closer? Sure. But everything does. W-2s yeah. do. Yep. I mean, we have illegals working everywhere. Yeah. Yeah, there's, in, in any sector, you can find abuses. Yeah, so, I mean, this is just the, the sector they've really targeted and chosen to try and destroy during this presidency. For whatever reason, they don't want independent contractorship at all. And it's been a movement for a while. And clearly, look, one thing for sure, and this is a fact, is that unions have had some peaks and valleys through the years. But, and I'm talking overall, look, I mean, police and fire and stuff, they need some remodeling, but they probably need a union. So I'm not anti-union in every respect in the world. It does need a remodel though. However, the gig economy is not a place for a union. A lot of places aren't a place for a union. And I don't know about you guys, but I definitely am, and like Dana said, you know, things are getting tighter. Like, I can't afford to pay, I, maybe you guys have never had a union job, but I can't afford to pay union dues out of what I'm earning right now. Nor would I, because I don't believe in union protections. It kind of goes to what you were saying about insurance. Yeah. You know, you've paid yeah. into insurance you your into whole it. life. Yeah. You've well, never you had really to use it. Exactly. That's how I see unions. Yeah. Because here's, here's what I see with unions, guys, is that, um, like, I know, I don't even know if it, what's happened with it. I tried to check here a couple hours ago. I don't know if anything's updated, but also... We have the three largest um, automakers about, and they're already on strike, but only about, what is it, 10% of them are on strike. They're about to move to 50% if things don't get settled out today. Never in history have the three together been on strike. Hmm. And this is with the most pro-union president of all time. So I guess my point becomes, you know, I mean, I guess, you know, you might have a union job. Maybe it works out for you. I don't personally, I have, here's how much I don't have a problem with it. If I have, I don't care as long as I have an option. Yeah. Give me an option to say, Hey, do you want, do you want to be in the union? Nope. But you'll make a, you'll make a dollar more if you're not in the union an hour, but you won't have the protections. No, I don't want it because if it came down to a strike, that's, that's like being, to me, that's like being fired. I mean, it could go like less, but I mean, it's really, hey, you can't go earn right now. Yeah. Well, I need to earn. I mean, I can't just live on a picket line and I got kids and I got, what, what are you talking about? So to me, it's almost like, and, and then how are you going to be treated after the fact too? Because once you strong arms a company, I'm not saying it's fair, but they, they don't come back and they're all sweet and nice to you it becomes a much tougher deal and they'll fire you upon like it, you know, if they, they'll be told to cut people and stuff. 
So they'll just be looking for people to cut. Yeah. So I guess my, my challenge to people is to stay on top of your states. I will keep updating you. Um, you know, I don't know how far along this really is, but whenever DoorDash sends that email, look, most states have not seen this email yet. I had. California saw it. Washington State saw it. And I had seen it. I don't know of another state that had seen this email yet. Hmm. Now Massachusetts has seen it. When you see that email, that is not DoorDash with scare tactics. That's them taking something very seriously yeah. and recognizing to, that, crap, this is real. They're trying to get ahead of it, basically. They're trying yeah. to get ahead of it. Yeah, they're trying to build a list of names yeah. that they can submit and say, these people don't want to be, they want to stay independent. We don't want any part of this. Yep. So and it shouldn't, and, and, you know, going back to the whole, like, not making it political, but it shouldn't matter what political party you're in. Yep. The, the interest is whether whether you're a Democrat, Republican, independent, libertarian, whatever, like the interest is in it affects you as a gig worker. If it's going to affect you every day, you should care about it, regardless of what political party you feel affiliated. Yeah, put to. the when I say current administration, I'm not caring who it is. I'm just saying. The current administration. Yeah. I mean, it might, you know, who knows what Joe, I mean, I, we actually know Joe's very pro-union, pro but I mean, who knows? A lot of times it's not even so much the president. The president sometimes has to bow to other people yeah. to it's appease, whatever. like you were saying, groups or other people, exactly. higher-ups. And, you know, it's just stuff that a lot of us just don't know. But it happens. Yep. And, you know, there's, here's these, you know, I guess... So I guess what you're saying is 100% spot on. It doesn't matter who's wh which party's in power. It's like wars. You know, it's like everybody associates Republicans with wars. But yet when the Democrats are in charge, they got no problem starting a war. So it's really like both parties are fine with war. Or sending, is what a, couple, it is. Or sending a couple hundred billion to Ukraine for a war. <laughs> <laughs> that's my point. That's my point, though. It's like don't associate a party with. Well, that party likes yeah. wars. No, the party yeah. in power always likes wars. Exactly. Yeah. Because wars help economies. Mm -hmm. Sad, sad, but true. But it, yep. it is true. Um, but I guess uh, with that said, I, I guess. You know, that's unless you got anything else. I just wanted to I just want to keep bringing eyes onto this. Yeah. Yeah, um, I think it's, a, it's an important conversation. I think it's important that, you know, people in the gig economy keep following it and paying attention to what's going on. Uh, know what's going to know what how it can affect them in their own state. As I said, if it's going to affect you and your potential earnings and stuff like that, you should be in tune to what's going to happen. Because if you're not paying attention and then it happens in your area, your state overnight one day. Next thing you know, you can't earn, you know, or, or you find out that you, suddenly you're an employee of Instacart and, uh, you know, there's mass amounts of people, you know. You know, I, I can tell people, go go watch um, any of the AB5 streams I've done. That's a little bit different because they went after the whole independent contractor economy in California. But go listen to the stories of the people who didn't get carve outs that I've had on. They to this day can't operate. Hmm. Their businesses are done. They've shut them down. These are these were six figure earners in their fifties who had built a business over twenty five years. Now they're closed, and people are like California, um, like newspaper writers. No, they're toxic. Nope. So, I mean, you know, it, it's just it, it's just nastiness. Um, 
So I guess with that said, you guys watch the, and I just saw Necro come in, Rodney, Cruz and Dasher, Shane, what's up, uh, Alan, what's up? Um, but Necro's in Chicago. And I got to tell you, Necro, like we can have a conversation, you and I one day, because Illinois is on some major chopping blocks, big time. Like you are facing some serious, serious issues in your state um, that, that basically would kill the gig economy in the way that they're trying to do it right now. So, um, but that said, you guys just keep staying in tune. Um, I would say sub to Dana's channel too. You might be a little thrown off by the name because you're like, that's not gig economy because it's it's a DS Entertainment Eclectic. Network. It's, it's a lot of different things. <laughs> right, but he, but he does talk, but he does, right, but he does talk a lot about this stuff. I've even heard you, and especially about this stuff, I've heard you talk about ballot initiatives and things yeah. like that on your channel. So if you live in Massachusetts, especially, you know, you should definitely be tuned into Dana, um, but everybody should too. But um, yeah, I see Necro says that, you know, he's saying that um, it's always been an issue here in the gig economy. Yeah, but I'm talking about something completely different right now. Like they're pushing for some really insane, way over the top crap in your state um, that would basically destroy a lot of things. Uh, but that said, uh, thank you, Dana, for joining me as always. And, Thanks for having uh, me. Yeah, you'll have to come by uh, Last Mile one week. I moved I moved the time now, so it's 5 p.m. Mountain, so it'd be 7 p.m. Eastern. Okay. Um, but yeah, and it runs for an hour. It just runs up to Money Hungry, Kim and Zach on Money Hungry. Um, so I do run it just an hour runtime, but uh, you should stop by sometime. All right. Because we'll talk a little more curry too. Because I I wanted to make sure that today was focused around this stuff and not curry. But we did talk a little curry in the beginning. So yep. if you guys are joining late, you can go back. Um, but other than that, everybody have a great day, and uh, we'll see you next time. Thanks, everybody.